Hi, everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to talk about two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, we are a little behind because I uh, had a um, family funeral that I had to attend and been a little sick. I'm still a uh, little at low voice at the moment, but we're going to do the best we can. And uh, Tom is here to, uh, to talk about these episodes with me. Hi. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, they had a very controversial, uh, mid, at least for me, it was a controversial mid-season uh, return premiere uh, that we talked about. And uh, how did you feel in general about these two episodes? Um, mostly, I'm, I'm still kind of getting over the the shock of what was re- what's been revealed. And, and um, seeing the tapestry come together here, I think we've only got like three episodes left now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the season and what they're the what the picture they've been painting is starting to finish taking shape here so I kind of I'm kind of reserving I'm I'm feeling a little reserved about judging it um and uh but it it is interesting and it is fun there's so yeah there's lots of lots of good fun in the in these episodes um spoiler heavy this this episode so yeah just know that this is (laughs) spoil you like crazy Yes, very spoiler heavy. Um, I didn't find much fun, to be honest. I, I felt like this continued on the uh, mid-season premieres. Just to me, this was kind of two sort of joyless episodes. And particularly, I think they took two characters that had been pretty uh, hopeful or interesting to me. And uh, I don't know, I not just two characters, like many characters. And I don't know, I'm just finding... I'm still struggling to find uh, what I am going to kind of relate to or root for uh, now in this series. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little nervous uh, uh, about it. uh, To be honest, this is not the way that I would have had them go. I did myself to podcasting about it. You know, certainly we're going to finish off the season, but you know, of course I, I want it to be something that I like. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. And it's not like it was a total miss, but like I said, this is not the way I would have taken the show to me. Okay. I think I feel like the last fun episode we had was the Time Warp episode. And that was where I thought the show was the best. And then this, this, uh, this is not my favorite. But anyway, so we will talk about it. And so the first episode what, that we're going to talk about is called The Wolf Inside Me. And... So we get to learn a little bit about Saru in this mirror universe. And it, it, this is sort of starts out and we find out that he's basically a complete slave. Like he has no sort of autonomy as a person. Yeah. And what did you think about that? Um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, there's sort of an interesting parallel in, in real life. Uh, I think that where you have a, a lot of uh, a lot of people on um, on the far right in our in American politics flirting with um, racism and flirting with anti-Semitism in a parallel universe where the Nazis won, you know, look to the left and look to the right; those people would not be in your lives because of they're disabled in some way or defective in some way, or they were, or they're Jewish or they're, they're just wrong somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, history could have easily gone in another direction. And, and that affects people. That affects um, people with interests and lives and spirits. And it, our choices matter. I think that's the message there that, you know, you can choose uh, slavery or, su- uh, you know, joy or suffering for yourself and for the people around you, depending on how, what you choose. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was uh, the, the whole the whole uh, Federation's choice or particularly, do you feel like it was particularly Burnham's choice or like who is sort of most, do you think they're trying to say sort of most made this happen? Well, I think it's, it's both. I think it's every, every coward who refused to um, refuse to speak up uh, for the right thing when the time was, when it was called for. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, Interesting. Yeah, I think every, every individual is culpable. Who's, who's in on, on the lie, who's in on, uh, repeating the lie. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think what's cool about seeing these characters in, uh, well, I guess I'll be more specific. What's cool about seeing Michael in um, the, the mirror universe is that um, she's in a position to, she, she maybe has the courage that her, her mirror self didn't have and is, is uh, maybe willing to say at the right time in the right place, this isn't okay. And yeah. um, and in the next episode, we kind of get that. Now she has to kind of keep her head down. Um, in the meantime, but um, yeah, that whole arc with Saru is oh, it's dark, it's troubling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do you want to go ahead and kind of just bleed the two episodes together in our discussion? Yeah, let's. We might as well. We might okay. As well. Uh, because I, uh, you know, you look at in um, in the next episode, uh, vaulting ambition where she's asked to choose a Kelpian and Saru is in the lineup and she doesn't know what she's choosing them for. And she rolls the dice that she's by picking the, the person she's going to pick has something good in store for them or at least something less terrible. And she ends up being quite wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up having to eat her, her best friend or her best friend's parallel um, on the other side. Meanwhile, Saru on the other side is awesome, right? Saru from our universe is amazing. I love that um, the scene in Vaulting Ambition where he's talking to um, Laurel uh, in the and trying to plead with him with her for Vox slash uh, uh, Tyler's life, and. Uh, I like how uh, I like how someone pointed out in After Trek that, that uh, there was something Picardian about it. I think that's a great insight. That yes, that there was something that reminded me very much of Captain Picard. That, that use of persuasion, not just appealing to the emotions, but also to logic, uh, and setting very clear boundaries. Like, and I don't know, there was a strength in the way that he negotiated with her that showed real growth in the character, um, and I, that was a, that was good fun to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I like the way that Sue kind of t- tells the world, like, this is sort of a lose-lose situation here. Like, there's no, there's no one will end up coming out the victor. You know, she doesn't really listen, but like, uh, that, I don't know, it, it, I thought that was interesting too, that like, uh, that really, like, even, uh, if, even if you've technically won, it's still war and it's still a horrible situation. Trying to get her to see some humanity in uh in uh tyler and invoke i guess uh i thought that was interesting 
Yeah, um, I, I liked that. Yeah, she, you know, in the first visit, she's so committed to her ideology and she says that we will die for our ideology. You know, we're, that's, that's what war is, right? You devote your whole soul to the, the idea and that's all that matters. But then when, when he drops a person into her cell, a suffering person, it -hmm. becomes different. When it stops being about flags and it starts being about a one person, you're looking in the eye and watching them scream in agony. Suddenly, you're, you, you, do, you find your humanity. It turns out that our compassion doesn't scale, right? It's, it doesn't scale too well outside of your line of sight. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when with, when with big nations, let alone star empires, um, yeah, you, you set suddenly, when it's someone you know, millions of miles away across the, the stars, and uh, in groups of mil- tens of millions or hundreds of millions or billions even, suddenly your compassion is just nowhere to nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be found. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that that's a, you know, big thing in modern philosophy is the idea of uh, the, like the idea that you have to, you, you have an innate response to the other, mm-hmm. but uh, what like modern modernity does is like turn everybody into the same. And so it's not just a, uh, it's not just a human being that you've had this uh, innate response to. It's a, it's a slave or a, you know, like everybody's the same, mm-hmm. so you're taking away their humanity. And, uh, and that's, um, you know, something I think that you can, you know, you can kind of see throughout, uh, throughout Saru's storyline, but like I said, also through, um, through Tyler's uh, storyline. Um, and it, so that's, that's an interesting thing. Um, something that does definitely rings true to me. So in this episode, the first episode, you have this idea. So there's this rebellion that is led by this uh, Klingon uh, that is uh, called Firewolf. Mm -hmm. And basically Burnham and Ash are sent down uh, to, they're, they're supposed to, you know, destroy the camp and they're going to get information but like they're really secretly trying to like warn the rebels and trying to help them. And so, you know, it's an interesting thing. And you have this whole sort of idea of this sort of Terran empire. And that, that's kind of seemed like made sort of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's kind of made these, you know, these rebels, this sort of weird assemblage of rebels kind of work together um, mm-hmm. when they would have been against each other in previous, in previous times. Right. You know, one of the, we're, here we're kind of getting some, we're building a little bit on, on a foundation that Enterprise built, the series Enterprise. Okay. Um, in Enterprise, we get a little bit more intimate. Well, first of all, in the original series, we're introduced to these major races in the Federation, the Andorians, the Tellarites, and the Vulcans. And uh, in Enterprise, we see them begin to work together. And we see them go from that state of, from a state of initially being rivals to being um, allies and having common interests. And mm-hmm. we see the distinctive ways, the things that set them apart from each other, the things that make them different from each other, but also the same in different ways. Like the Tellarites, for instance, are they basic, their language basically consists of put downs and arguments. Um, you know, if, if you have a Tellarite as a guest, he, he will freely say, you call this a house? Why haven't you offered me anything to drink? 
not that I'd want to drink anything in this swill pit, you know, like that's how they talk. That's polite to them. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of hard to deal with as you can imagine. Right. So there you've got them and then you've got the Vulcans and the Andorians yeah, and they've, they've, and the Andorians are kind of warlike and the, the, the Vulcans are more warlike than they care to admit. And they, and the, you know, they, they protest their logic, but uh, anyway, they fight like they've been fighting like cats and dogs for centuries. So you get all the three of these together brought together by humanity who acts as sort of a go between and that, and that's how you have the, the foundation for the, the federation. Uh, and so it's kind of cool to see the gang get to see them get the band back together, but in this weird way where they're allied with the Klingons against mm-hmm. humanity. So it's yeah. like you, you, it, it's kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, some books I've read by uh, Neil Ferguson, um, who's a, a writer, writes about geopolitics. And he talks about, you know, people talk about, oh, well, America's a terrible empire because it's an empire, you know, and we really shouldn't be one. And he, and he actually, he's British, but his argument is, well, you think that if there's no American empire, that there will just be no empires? <laughs> you think that if America stands down, no one will fill the vacuum? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. I hadn't heard of that. Um, but you're right. Yeah, the space loves a vacuum, as they as they say. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I I almost feel like they could have done more interesting things, sort of with this division. But we pretty much immediately get taken into the revel- revelation, which the episode is called "The Wolf Inside Me." We get the revelation of Volk inside uh, Ash and uh, to Burnham. Now she knows. And that it's, it's just growing stronger and stronger. And that it's really like pretty much his whole body. Like they've taken, uh, that, that they've taken, his, sort of almost wrapped Ash around Volk. And I, I don't know, like, I, I just, I guess I just feel like he was a character I really liked. And so I kind of hate, I, I feel like he's rapidly becoming irredeemable. I mean, he's already killed a completely innocent person. Um, he, uh, and, you know, now he goes and, and uh, attacks the firewolf. Um, he is... I don't know everything that happens in the next episode with him. I just kind of, I, I don't know. I just wish I, I wouldn't have done what they did. Do you feel like you've lost fair. Ash? Yeah. Don't you think? It's possible that we did. And then, and, and, you know, and after watching um, the wolf inside me, I did feel like, Oh, well he's done. That yeah, was it. I mean, like, like I did feel a little let down, but after the, after uh, vaulting ambition, I felt a little encouraged because it, okay. So my assumption was that, and this is the way they usually do spies, you know, in Star Trek in the past, uh-huh. where you have someone who's species A, they want to spy on species B, so they're surgically altered to look like that species. I assume that that's what was going on with Falk. That like it, okay. it wasn't just press, that it wasn't just aesthetic. Like they somehow did some crazy science magic to make him his DNA this person. And in Vaulting Ambition, it becomes. It, it gets a little muddier. It actually looks like Vok is dead. Like his, he's an unembodied Klingon. And they took his consciousness and pasted it onto Ash's. That Ash was a 
a legit human. Right. But I don't understand why all the scar tissue on the organs and stuff. I don't get that. But yeah, I'm very confused. Well, and I, I, my sense is that in. Ash is still with us. And he was able to hold it in so long. Yeah. You know, you think you'd see like little ticks or little, you know, more, don't you think? Well, I mean, it's fantasy, right? They can do whatever <laughs> they want. But it, uh, Fair enough. Um, I, and yeah, it did kind of leak out here and there. But like the way that like he sort of changed, it is sort of like he was possessed. You know, it was it was less like, oh, I better stay. I better not break my cover. It's more like he can't help himself and it's busting out of him. And he's got a multi, you know, he's got a dual personality. I mean, can, can they, can they get Ash back? Do you think? I think so. That's how it looks to me. I mean, is this normally altered his body though? Well, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it certainly scarred him and he probably isn't going to be ever be quite the same, but I think that the guy we've gotten to know and like um, is still in there. That's my opinion. I may, I may be proven wrong on that, but. Um, I hope so because yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's a bummer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I hope so. But anyway, so yeah, he like attacks the fire, firewolf. I think that at this point that especially considering the situation they're in where they're kind of, I don't know, in the roles that they're playing. Do you think that, that Burnham should have killed Volk slash Ash? at this i mean he is so out of he's ruined everything you're trying to accomplish and and uh he's basically an enemy like is it would that just have been too far for her character uh, or? well I, I i think that the the michael we met in the first 15 20 minutes of of um the pilot would have without hesitation right but she's gotten a little wiser um and so I think she's definitely thinking not twice, but three or four or five times before making a life or death decision about anybody, mm-hmm. unless it's an existential threat to herself, mm-hmm. um, you know, at that point. But, in, but you know what I mean? Like I, 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 pretty I, threatening, I, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's pride, also, there's the disposition of this is a man, the man she loves. Right. Um, You're not, it's going to be tough for you to swallow I mean, it, you look at people whose partners turn out to be child molesters or, or rapists or, or serial, serial killers. They have a hard time just saying, no, you're out of my life. Like they have to go through a real process that takes a long time and hard work to separate themselves if they choose to do that. They may not. Mm-hmm. Kind of ends up rescuing her and the mirror universe through. And then... She's basically left with only kind of Lorca on her side at this point, at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. which is interesting. <laughs> moments. I thought that was really nice. I mean, it's kind of bittersweet because obviously he's dead and, uh, and Stamets is in this weird limbo spot. And so it's sort of, it, it's, a, it's a bittersweet moment, but at least it was not as depressing as, <laughs> this sounds weird to say that wouldn't be depressing, but it was a little hopeful and a little bit of a lovely moment. To well, me. yeah, it, it, um, you need stuff like that, you know, that yeah, fit in well with the rest of the episode because well, they're surrounded by you know, chaos and death and nihilism. Um, we need a reminder of what they're fighting for. Um, mm-hmm. Human yeah. connection. That's a good way to put it. Compassion. It's still very surprising to me. I'm very surprised that they would do this to the first 
gay couple in, in Star Trek. I, 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 I'm shocked to be honest that they would. But you're kill. still reeling from the death. Yeah, I'm shocked yeah. that they just on a um, sort of a publicity. I'm just surprised. I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily work for the story, but I'm very surprised that they went down that route. Uh, and um, yeah, it's just interesting. I'm delighted. Uh, I mean, not yeah. because I dislike the character, but uh, I, I'm delighted in the sense that this wasn't a box check, right? Mm-hmm. This wasn't, yeah, they're, they're treating this, they're not, not only do they have a gay character, they're treating that gay character like a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, no one's uh, wearing feather boas or singing Liza Minnelli songs. It's, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. there's no, it's not a box check and it's not a, it's also not an orientalizing mm-hmm. um, it's treating a, a gay person like a person and mm-hmm. that I can get behind for sure. Fair enough. I just wish we could have gotten to know them longer. Uh, Cause I did like them together. So um, anyway, we get to the end of this whole scene and Stamets is the uh, mirror Stamets is freed from the spores, but we find out the spores are like infected. They're not going to work. They're not going to be able to get home that way. Mm-hmm. So Apparently, maybe probably. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> iffy. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they get out of this whole situation, especially, I don't know if they're, you think they're going to end with a cliffhanger uh, the, the, after the three, C, three episodes? Oh, possibly. Uh, poss- I, I, well, I'll tell you this. I think you are going to be craving the next one, I think, but it's, it's not going to be like throw things at the TV kind of, you know, where they, um, the end, like it's not going to be that. Um, Mm-hmm. I think they'll entice us, you know, with what, with the possibilities of what's ahead. But, um, you know, my prediction for the end of the series, and this was from early on, I think Michael's going to end up captain of the discovery. And I, the, the way they're going with this, it, it looks better and better for that every minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Oak and Tyler, they're like, it's like a, almost a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of situation. Like they're battling each other. And uh, Laurel tells Saru, that they used Tyler's DNA and put it over Vok. And that uh, she's the only one that can remove, that can do the procedure that will remove Vok. I, I was a little bit confused. So basically, like, he ends up being kind of more Vok than even before, right? Or I don't know no. what happened there. I was a little confused. No, Vok is gone. Vok is gone. Yeah, he's gone. Okay. It, Sorry. It, it, the way that uh, some of that, it, you know, unfortunately, they. Like the, you know, I was confused by the scene too, but I, adding the pieces together and knowing what I know about Klingons, um, it I, I, I there's no doubt in my mind he's dead, he's gone because oh, okay. um, at the end of that she screams, like in a very not as a reaction to anything in particular, like not as a in a visceral way, but she lets out a deliberate howl, and that's a, a Klingon custom that when a Klingon dies you howl over its corpse to warn the afterlife that a Klingon warrior is arriving. Mm. Um, it's kind of a, actually kind of a beautiful idea, but um, in, you know, in its own Klingon-y kind of way. Um, but that's what she was doing. Vok is gone. And as, at least as far as she's concerned, Vok is gone. Now we could, you know, she may end up being wrong about that. Okay. But, yeah. That's good to know. I, like I said, I was a little confused. So, all right. So that could be, we could see then Ash getting some redemption then now that he's hopefully back to 
himself. We'll see mm-hmm. yeah. uh, what happens with that. And uh, so, yeah, Burnham and Lorca, um, they're like, at this point, they're sort of pretending to be the mirror versions of themselves. And um, uh, they're trying to find uh, this ship, the Defiant, to see mm-hmm. if that will be the key to finding a way home. Or more precisely, they're trying to find out where the, where the Defiant appeared. Um, mm. They probably aren't going to get a hold of the Defiant, um, although that would be cool if they did. I can't, you know, I can't wait to see a, a Constitution-class ship on this show. But having said that, it, it, what they're, the, the object, the MacGuffin here, is the location of where the Defiant crossed over, mm-hmm. the coordinates. Right. And that's what's been scrubbed from the record, and that's what they have to try to retrieve from the palace. So, yeah, speaking of the palace, so they go to meet the emperor, and who is the emperor? Da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> it's Giorgio, Captain Giorgio from the first uh, uh, from the premiere. And uh, Giorgio and Burnham still have this, this very close relationship. She calls yeah. uh, Burnham, she calls uh, her, her daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, this is a a very like painful thing for Burnham for Michael to deal with, obviously, because uh, she was part of, uh, she was her hero, but then she was also part of her death in the actual universe and seeing her as this emperor, you know, it's got to be a, a very conflicting thing. Well, she's seeing her hero's dark side and yeah. it's kind of like, uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, the last Harry Potter book where Harry at, at, you know, Dumbledore is dead and buried and the will, will has been yeah. distributed and he, he, he learns that Dumbledore was not quite the perfect hero that he thought mm-hmm. that he was a flawed person and made some terrible mistakes. Right. So that, and that kind of happens in life. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I actually was, a, I'm not, no, I wasn't, I didn't hear anything bad about my grandma after she died, but boy, did I learn a lot about her after she died. I had people from other spheres of her life tell me about, oh, this and you, you know, I always knew her for this and this. And I had no idea because I only saw this one side of her. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. you know, Burnham's seeing this other side of her mentor. That is. Yeah. Pretty. That's interesting. I mean, now you, uh, you bring that up because, you know, I've just had my grandfather pass away and it was kind of the reverse situation for me. Not that he was a bad person by any means, but he was kind of a cranky old man to me yeah. mm-hmm. um and a little bit difficult <laughs> um yeah. and uh and but going to the funeral you know you you i learned a lot like that i didn't even know and it does sort of humanize humanize people both in, in all ways sometimes these situations so yeah that's interesting and she, there's definitely some of that feeling and you know i think it, it's got to be emotional to also even just be called a daughter again and to be reminded of that love and that relationship that they that they had uh and but here's this sort of weird twisted version of it like that would be very unsettling like yeah and yet the context she's more likely to get a knife in the back than a hug you know yeah yeah yeah. that's true and so also our Lorca our our mirror Lorca and mirror Burnham are they like a couple are they like a no I don't get that off of it no I, I we don't know um yeah, it's unclear. I, well, I get, well, wait a minute. I guess they are. Because uh, it, it, I got those vibes. Implied. Yeah, it's definitely implied in that scene where, where 
who it turns out to be Mira Lorca, you know, says he he's found somebody else. Um, after horribly killing a guy, or, or horribly letting a guy die, and then killing the guy. Well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. He, um, yeah, that's implied. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Hey, to point, point to Giorgio says, our bond is strong enough to cross universes. And, uh, and that uh, um, she tries to get Lorca released from these, uh, from this torture. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, we find out that Giorgio is sensitive to light and that, uh, that I guess the mirror Lorca has been using Burnham to get to Giorgio. So that's also probably part of it too, is he, he may not be, 100% honest in his like love or whatever and um but he gets this injection from Burnham to help him deal with the uh um with the torture right yeah the analgesic to kind of numb numb things a little bit and he kind of pretends to be in more pain than he is because he's had the injection but uh, he won't say he doesn't know the sister's name because mm -hmm. it's not Mayor Lorca. And well, yeah. And first, we're thinking he's holding back because he doesn't know. He's confused. What would I be thinking in this situation? I'd be terrified because we're assuming that he's mm -hmm. our Lorca. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I just left this feeling like I, I needed. I needed a little bit more heroism. I needed a little bit more hope for me. Mm -hmm. um, these two episodes, I left feeling pretty beaten down, pretty frustrated. Um, and I don't know, like, I just feel like they need, the next one needs to be a little bit more hopeful. I think if the next one is more just like all the characters getting like tortured and beaten and like, ha mm -hmm. you know, killed and, and sad and sad and sad, then I will be, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to finish because we agreed to, but I might be kind of yeah. done with the show. I, I need something to kind of hold on to here. That's just me and my tastes and things I like. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just need more. I need them to make Burnham more likable and I need them to make her more of a hero and uh, just give me something more. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of in the phase where, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I think that we can trust the writers. Mm -hmm. I, for one thing, you know, I think we should, we should address that a lot of fans and I was, I feel vindicated um, mm -hmm. by the reveal that Lorca's not such a good guy after all. Um, because yeah, it didn't feel, I, I know I, I, at the time I just chalked it up to, well, that's war. War turns you into a, can turn you into a bad person. Mm -hmm. um, or war can make you do things you wouldn't otherwise do. Um, but now we see that, oh, no, he had a really different agenda um, and a, a very un-Starfleet kind of agenda. Do you think real Lorca or mirror Lorca? Mirror Lorca. Though we don't know our Lorca. We don't know the, the Lorca from our universe. We haven't met him. Oh, so you think that mirror Lorca has always been Lorca? He's, yes, that's, that, that he's it. He's from the he's from the mirror universe. Oh. He always has been. That's why he's always been sensitive to light. He's from their universe. Oh, I does that get change that. your perspective at all? A little bit, yeah. Interesting. That's because he's been playing a long game all through this, 
and it's been all about him grabbing it has had it's had nothing to do with the klingon war and everything to do with grabbing power in his universe interesting i yeah i didn't realize that that is that this certainly gives you more to sort of chew on yeah but the, the scars on his back the the weapon under his pillow the mm. the fact that he has failing memories when talking to an old friend mm. um, and he and she because she thinks this guy's a broken man like to get from you know she's she's she knows one guy and sees that he's changed and she's like well have she or sorry she um uh the admiral um yeah yeah well, cornwell, cornwell, yeah is, yeah, is yeah. Going, i know that i think here's a man i think i know but he's he's off there's something really wrong and given the trauma he's been in you know he's he's encountered in his life it kind of makes sense he's a mess and uh that's why she was ready to enter his career before she was captured um and uh interesting yeah huh. so it, that, that that this is why this is why things about Lorca just seem a little off and I've always seemed just a little off a little out of place yeah a little unstarfleet that's why yeah yeah it's definitely always felt un, I mean completely different than your than your other captains that's for sure yeah that's for sure and this is somebody who was more um, and it makes you wonder it, it kind of makes you think Oh, so he was, you know, since he was so insistent on getting Burnham to begin with, it's kind of interesting when he knew right. that he needed she, her. That she had been the one to, to inadvertently, however you may look at it, kill, uh, get rid of Giorgio. Mm-hmm. That uh, um, that he uh, he would be interested in somebody who had that kind of had, had done that, had that kind of power. Well, and, and where in, in our universe, Burnham had killed Giorgio accidentally, <laughs> he's right. going to be thinking like, oh, she's my ticket. Absolutely. Like if she, like if this is destiny, right? Mm-hmm. But probably what he's not counting on is that I, I think that we're, I'm going to make a prediction. I think in a weird way, Burnham's going to save the emperor from him. Um. I don't know how it's, I don't know all the details. I don't know how that's all going to play out, but that's my feeling mm. for, that. Like that's the, that would be some, there would be a lovely symmetry to that, that as a writer, I would want to pursue. Mm. Now, could you, so I guess you, you can take people out of the mirror universe. And I mean, obviously if he's been a mirror universe all the time, uh, so could she like take Giorgio out and into regular oh and bring her to our to our universe yeah can you do that that would be interesting yeah she could that's so weird yeah she could there's a well you ought to check out the deep space nine episodes there's a you know the captain's dead wife is alive in the mirror universe and he he spends a lot of time with her Mm -hmm. um and brings her back for a short time i mean yeah Hmm. um interesting Interesting. yeah there's a weird kind of thing that goes on there with his (laughs) son and and Oh, she's mom, but not. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that is interesting, but yeah. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. You always make me, you always kind of talk me off the ledge. <laughs> feeling pretty negative and then you <laughs> help me feel better. See how it bears out when it, when the story's wrapped up though. I, again, I, like I said, I'm hesitant to judge it too hard one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, the title of next week sounds very interesting. It's what's past is prologue. Mm. that should be interesting indeed and uh so 
Uh, and then we have the war without the war within and will you take my hand as the Ooh. final three episodes so all right well we will talk next week and thank you again i really appreciate it and so where can people find you um on twitter at Elmano roboto or at happy place poems awesome i'll have that in the description section and you can find me at rachel's reviews on youtube and itunes and i am reporting on the Sundance Film Festival all week. And so I just posted my review of day three. I've seen eight movies so far, which is, is amazing. And uh, it's been a mixed bag as always with Sundance. And there'll be more to come uh, throughout the whole week. So I'm really excited. And so definitely check that out. And uh, hopefully my voice will get better <laughs> as, I, uh, as I continue on with the festival. So Thank you so much for joining me and we will talk again next week. My pleasure. Bye now.